Today is June 5th. The Bucks start the month with a sweep of the Cardinals. A great start to a nine-game homestand. Let's break it down. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I am joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey man, what's going on? Um, I told you I was getting over a cold last time. Mm-hmm. I think it was just getting started. <laughs> it's gonna be uh it's gonna be an interesting one. <laughs> Everything is stuck in my head right now yeah. um so that is what it I, is i hate that feeling yeah but on the other hand of things what a day what a day bucks finish off the sweep today mm-hmm. bednar throws all three games yeah key brian hayes is on fire now um kutch did not get 2000 nope what else yeah lots of things yeah Lots of things to talk Lots about. Lots of good things. Lots of good things to talk about. Really. Lots of good things to talk about. Um, let's go ahead and, and and take care of some of the transactions that occurred because there were some things that that we've talked about on here and um you know, kind of like little updates of sorts in that in that way. Robert Stevenson out of nowhere getting traded to the Rays for minor league infielder Alika Williams, which what we know of Alika Williams is he's got a great glove. I think that's the extent of it, right? Yeah. Former um, first round pick. Okay. Oh, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Okay. As a result, they recalled Mark Mathias, which I guess I was a little bit um, wondering if that was not going to last long, assuming we were going to need to, to fill a bullpen role. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Underwood Jr. was outrighted to Indy. That doesn't feel like everything. What else happened? That can't be everything. Okay, I might have to open up my transactions here. Because it does feel like there should be one more thing, because that, that takes two people off and only puts one on. Oh, Cody Bolton. Uh, Cody Bolton was added. Right? Or was he before Cody that? Bolton was added and Oh, this was outright. Month. Okay, so Dwayne Underwood. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I see the note. See, Jake did the Jake did the transactions today, so his thought process was there. Mine was not. <laughs> um and so yeah, he was outrighted to Indy because he cleared waivers. That's yes. what it is. Okay, I got you. I was gonna say that yeah, that because that happened before. Okay. So anyway, Robert Stevenson is the big the big deal here. Uh, we talked about how he started off good. There was some good that we liked from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it felt like as soon as we said that, the wheels kind of fell off. Um, yeah. However, I mean, there I still think that there's some good innings from him for to sure. come. I think that that he's still found something that's working for him. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know where the where the pirates are sitting on this. Uh, I don't necessarily hate it. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate it or love it. The only thing I 
don't love don't love about it is you're making another trade with the Rays. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, geez, Louise. Feels like one of those things where you say, like, should we should just know better just to never deal <laughs> with the Rays. You know what I mean? Right. There's always Stevenson's something. going to go down there and be their closer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a possible. You know what I mean? Like, you just never yeah. know. You never know. Um, yeah, very interesting. Bullpen is is kind of a it's kind of a strength for this team, and I don't know if maybe if maybe Stevenson in that in that sense was not part of the solution there. I mean, he's mm-hmm. like I said, seems like we've been doing okay, but yeah, not a whole lot to complain about there. He was kind of um, he was kind of coughing a little bit up, I guess you could say. Yeah, Cody Bolton uh, again, rough showing in his in his time here uh i still think this kid is fine i still think he's gonna bounce back but on saturday yes saturday Mm -hmm. he was optioned to indy um they selected the contract of angel perdomo the six foot eight lefty recalled yuri de los santos i was kind of surprised about this i really was i wasn't sure i you know i've seen him I've seen him pitch a few times, you know, TV, whatever. Um, it hasn't been necessarily great. Yeah. I still feel like he's got some stuff to work on, and so I was interested in this. Um, to skip the other, just to fast forward to today, he was optioned to Indy <laughs> the very next day, yeah. and they selected the contract of Chase DeYoung again. Um in the process of all that, as I'm getting more and more stuffed up, the more I talk right now, yeah. um, Chris, Chris Owings, Owings. DFA, and I'm going to solo Jake here for a second so I can take care of some stuff. <laughs> solo me with no lead. I love it. But yeah, um, Chris Owings is your lead. Saw, I kind of <laughs> saw the Chris Owings coming. Um, my guy, he just hasn't been doing much of anything for us, really. And and if, to me, it's a good situation because you, you're you're doing it kind of doing this with a pitcher involved. So it wasn't like, well, who do we bring up to just sit and rot away? Like, I mean, we brought up another bullpen arm because we had Matthias added earlier. So Matthias is your guy that's gonna sit there and and take the lumps on the bench. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm fine with that. Like, uh, there's no reason to call up one of our prospects right now when they're probably not going to get the playing time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see I see some of that. I think Matthias also has been he's been playing really well since going mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. So I think that's um I think that's kind of part of it. Uh Chris Owings is just was not getting it done. No. Keep giving a shot to Matthias. I would say that Matthias's at bats even when he was up were better than what we've seen from Owings anyway. I know that the shortstop thing is not there, but I really think Marcano has showed up enough yeah. to take the the lion's share of of games at shortstop, right. and yep. he's been good enough. Yeah, he's been so, fine over there. Yeah, uh, you know we'll see about. <laughs> and his bat's coming along really well. He's been hitting the ball real well. Marcano yeah. has. Yes, absolutely, hundred uh, percent. Perdomo pitched in. I feel like the was the game after. Yeah, it felt like they pitched everybody. He pitched two and a third in the Ortiz start. Ortiz goes two innings. Rain delay. Rain delay. Once you've once you're out, what is it? What is it? 
20 minutes, half hour. As soon as yeah, you're that long, usually. you're done. Yeah. You're done. And so Perdomo comes out and gets two and a third, three strikeouts, no walks, no hits, no runs. Really like what you see from him. Um, and then De Los Santos gets his outing there to go two thirds, a walk and a strikeout. He pitched Friday night too, though, didn't he? No, he didn't. It was Cody Bolton's pitched. Cody Bolton pitched Friday night, and that was kind of the one where you were you were kind of curious. Well, he went an inning in two thirds. He didn't give up any runs, but he had six base runners, he had two hits, four walks, and it you know there's still something there yeah. that you're wanting from Bolton. Um, a lot of bullpen arms at this point, like just a lot of guys. You go Contreras only goes four innings, and you had Zestrisny, Bolton, Ramirez, Holderman, and Bednar, who all kept the Cardinals completely quiet, no runs. Ortiz gives up one, and then you get basically nothing other than the two runs that Holderman gave up, which I'm not worried about, right? I mean, this team's going to get you every right. once in a while. They got Holderman here, um, and he didn't have the full arsenal, I don't think. I think he was missing just a just a little bit. He had the one walk. He didn't strike anybody out kind of a thing. And so um, it's not surprising that something like that can happen every once in a while. Johan right. Ramirez gets him out of it, who's still impressing us just every time he goes out there. Mm -hmm. But also Perdomo, Yeri De Los Santos, Jose Hernandez, Dowry Moretta, <laughs> Colin Holder, or yeah, Holderman, uh, and then Bednar at the end again. And then in the last one, we finally get an opportunity to um, to rest a little bit of that bullpen. And it's such a surprise seeing Rich Hill going into the seventh inning. Six and two-thirds, you know he probably wanted to finish that inning. But who better to bring in with a guy on than Dowry Moretta? Um sure. Let me just bring this up real quick. I tweeted out um, Friday night, or Friday afternoon, I guess, before the game. Actually, it was Friday morning. Sorry. Dowry Moretta, his start that we had talked about last week, um, and we had talked about it on the show, and I just kind of compared it to the rest of the league. You know, we talked about how he's had 18 inherited runners and only one of them has scored, and how crazy that was. Well, I looked it up. Top 10 of uh, with inherited runner score percentage uh, with at least 10 inherited runners in the National League. Actually, this is the Major Leagues. Um, only Will Smith is even close with 16 inherited runners. couple with 15, but there's only 12 guys who've inherited 10 runners, and he's sitting there with 18, and only one has scored. Now, all of those guys, only one has scored. So it's really just how many of them is the reason he's got the best um, right. percentage. And really, Will Smith is that same 6%. I'm sure there's different numbers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He adds three more this weekend, inherited runners without any of them scoring. So he just continues to have a knack for this. Um, role. This yes, exactly. This role. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm here for it. I had I had a couple people uh, reply to the tweet saying, you know, when he needs to pitch in the seventh more. Um, and I get that. Like, I, I totally get that. I just wonder, or do you really, do you want him not in this role? I think I really want him in this role. <laughs> yeah. I'd like him right where he's at. 
Yeah. And so we see on this list, when I look at just the Pirates pitchers um, who, who've inherited a runner, I mean, the Pirates are the lowest percentage in the National League at 21%, allowing them to score. A lot of that was Dwayne Underwood Jr., who inherited eight or eight runners, and five of them scored. Jose Hernandez has had seven and only let two score. Robert Stevenson, 13 and has let three score. And then Zestrizny, two and one, but that's such a small sample. You just don't, you don't really have anything to go off of. Colin yeah. Holderman, two. Johan Ramirez, three. Chase DeYoung, four. None of those guys have let an inherited runner score yet. So they've been doing a good job at this sort of thing, this bullpen. Yeah. It's more than just ERA, we as, as we talked about. Um, where are we at here? So we're talking about the. Uh-huh. I thought that you had a note on one of these guys that I just talked about. One of the relievers that I just talked about. No. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> thought there was. Oh, you had a you had a note on Rowanzi, and yeah. I was looking at the Rowanzi game, and I had mentioned the the four innings, the five runs. Six Ks. He didn't walk anybody. I thought it was a step in the right direction, but but you had a note on Rowanzi that you wanted to bring up. Yeah, I just feel like he needs another pitch. Like I think that's one of the reasons he was going to the bullpen. I think they were trying to figure out his curveball or something because, man, he's relying heavy, heavy on his slider. His slider, I, I saw at one point in the game there was a graphic that was 48% of his pitches were the slider and 46% was the fastball. And then he threw his curveball like six percent or something, somewhere along those lines. Like, you, you with the way his slider is, when he keeps it down in the zone and it, and it breaks, it's filthy. Yeah. But as soon as it gets above the knees, above like it just spins and just hangs there, and yet he still throws it a ton. And when he leaves that hanging, he gets punished for it every time. Like. Well, he, he wasn't right. He wasn't, but he did. He certainly did in this game. It's like, yeah, it's like they were waiting on the slider because it's kind of been yeah, that ghost pitch for him, right? Yeah, and he's been throwing it so much. It's, he, he, I don't know if he's tipping it, and it's not. Maybe it's not even tipping it. It's just they know it's coming eventually because he's throwing it half the time. Yeah. Well, it's the other thing is location of the fastball. You know, when he's not locating the fastball, a lot of guys are just going to sit and look for that slider because the mm-hmm. fastball they can usually take. Um, yeah, it's something that he's certainly going to have to work on, and I, I do like that. Do you think is he is his usage um, so overwhelming of just fastball slider? Uh, it was that game. I mean, I, okay. I, I don't know if it's been like this all year. Um, I haven't tried to look up the breakdown of it all year, but just this game particularly, I saw there was just a ton and ton of ton of sliders and a lot of them that just spun and they just hang there. Yeah, I was going to try to look this up and see if there's... Um, it looks like his distribution right now is, is 44% slider, 42% fastball, 11% curve, and 3% changeup. It is certainly... Uh, a heavy dose of sliders coming from Rowanzi for this season. Looking I, I at last really... year, it was it was forty eight percent fastball, thirty four slider, fourteen curve. So he sprinkled in a few more of the curve there, but he was pretty dominantly the fastball, and he's really thrown the slider a lot and dropped the curve even a little more. And we know that his his fastball velocity has been down a couple ticks. Um, I, I don't 
94 to 96 for an average velocity is probably not for me is not going to make a huge difference but as long as you can locate it and that's been his little little bit of his issue right so yeah that's really interesting if if that curveball percentage can go up or the biggest thing is if you can get me now this is just fastball i don't know if this breaks down the difference between um you know just i'm just looking at like the main uh um, dashboard card pitch distribution on mm-hmm. baseball savant. So I don't know if that actually goes into two seam. Is is he just throwing a four seam? Right. I'm not sure. I'm trying to look here to see. I mean, it's just shown 40. It's just four seamer 41.8. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're looking at just the four seam. I would imagine that's probably what they're working right for, for Mitch. It was the cutter. It was the sinker. It was, you know what I mean, get a, get me a different fastball that's going to look a little bit different coming in there. Right. So I bet that's right. probably what it is. That's pretty interesting. I haven't really done any breakdowns with Rowanzi, um and looking anything for him up. So maybe that's something I need to do um, as if, you know, we didn't just do that, it felt like. I mean, that was pretty quick, right? But yeah. still, that's that's a quick and dirty, and and that's a good, that's a good call out there. I, I think that's probably... I think that's probably going to be the main thing. Get back yeah, to throwing man. more fastballs. Um, and the way that you can do that is by adding another fastball. If you can get a cutter, if you can get something that breaks in or out, something. Even even if he can just get more confidence in throwing his, you know, if he's got a changeup, if you can figure out how to get more confident with it, changeup's a great pitch. And I know I'm a big changeup guy, but, yeah, I mean, 3%, I mean, if you can throw that, you know, get that up to 15% or 10%, you know, it's that would go a long way to complimenting your fastball. Yeah, you look at a guy like Mitch Keller, um, let's see what his distribution is. I agree with you as well. If you can get a different fastball look too. Yeah. Yeah, you got 46% fastball, 24 cutter, 14 slider, 12 curve, 4 change. Um, looking at the pitch mix there, that's that's really it. Now, but when you break it down, you've got four seamer twenty four percent, cutter twenty four, sinker twenty one point three, and then sweeper fourteen, curve twelve point four, change up four point two. So a little more of a breakdown when you when you get into that frequency mm-hmm. where you start adding the sinker, the cutter, the four seam, all in the twenties. Yeah. You know, you're you're really yeah. The hitters are constantly guessing. Yeah. You've got different shapes, different angles, different breaks. Absolutely. Right. So, okay, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, let's get into the next thing here. Where are we at? I mean, we really didn't even get into the games. It, it, do we need to? I mean, we did great. We, we're down 5 nothing to start the series. We come back and win 7-5. And then, you know, we, we don't look back there. We really, I mean, we were down one nothing, but that's not really a comeback to me. Uh, we ended up being a up four to one before the, the two runs off Holderman on Saturday. And then today's game, um, two runs in the first and we don't score again, just a, a, a pitching matchup there, but two for nine on Saturday and Sunday with runners in scoring position, three for 13 on Friday. So it's not that, you know, everything's figured out, but it seemed, sure. you know, you score seven, four. And then, like I said, today was more of the pitching variety, but a lot to like, Hey, did did Hedges really have a double and a single in this game? Here we go. Still, <laughs> that's a not two hundred. I said it when we were in their car. We were, I was watching it on my phone. I was like, 
Look at Hedges being on base twice today. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hayes on base three times today. And that that strikeout he had late by Jordan Hicks, that, oh, no one's hitting that. That no. was ridiculous. He throws 103 up, and he was behind the 103, but you know that was a guess, and he was like, mm-hmm. I'm swinging at this pitch. Yeah. And with a guy that throws as hard as Hicks does all the time, you have to do that. Yeah. You just have to. So and he breaks that slider on the other half. Looks like you're going to wear it on the ribs. And oh, just, my gosh. It's coming right in like his hands area, and he pulls it in, and then you see him kind of check swing because he once you recognize that's a slider, and when your slider's coming in at 90 yeah, right after a 103, like just forget about it, man. Yeah. Just forget about it. That guy's a dude. <laughs> yeah, he's really, really good. He's good. But moving on to Hayes, uh, first thing, let's start this conversation off with a clip from what I said on Friday's episode. I've cut it up a little bit to take some of my little um, inserts in there, right? But <laughs> but here here's the clip of what I said on Friday. Um, I don't. It, it's still there for me. It's still there for me. He he's just it has to start clicking. I'm not going to sit here and hang my hat. I was hanging my hat on you, Key. I said he's doing all the right things, and I said he will be back. I'm not giving up on him, but I'm just not no. going to sit here and dwell on it right now until the results come. I'm done with it. So are these the results? <laughs> are we already there? Yeah, I think so. This man. was a pretty convincing weekend. I'm okay with a one day. I'm okay. I mean, back-to-back games with a home run. He... He comes, the, the you know, the Sunday game after that, he goes with three more hits. Three hits on Friday, three hits on Sunday. Um, and they're all different kinds of of hits when you think of um, the, the exit velocity, right? Because we've said, oh, he's hitting the ball hard, he's hitting the ball hard. I mean, the, we, we talked about the triple that he had in San Francisco when he had two hits, but his triple was like an 82-mile-an-hour ground ball just happened to be down the line, and he ends up getting a triple on it. And... You could you could very easily convince me that like oh well he kind of got lucky on that one, um, and to which I would say like it's about time. <laughs> but also I'll give you that the two hits in that game maybe that's you know a little different. But he follows it up with with the showing that he had this weekend, and you know McHenry was the first one I saw. I'm not sure where it busted out, but McHenry's breakdown was the first one I saw where he showed the toe tap that that Hayes has gone to um, a post-game interview today. uh, And he brought up the toe tap that he's going to, that he says he's on the ground when he's starting his swing instead of leg in the air or whatever. So attribute it to the toe tap if that's the thing that's working. But we also said that like four or five of those hits were to the pool side. And that's that's what it is too. That toe tap is all timing. And when you're on time, you can get out ahead of the ball and and get the head of the bat out and barrel some balls up, hit them to the pull side, like because you're you're on it, your timing's there. Yeah, Friday night it was it was three hits, four RBIs, a double and in, in the in the big home run, and then Tuesday another home run. He goes one for three. Um, Sunday three singles and the strikeout. Uh, I mean, he's got his average right back to 242, just like that. <laughs> just like that, right? Right. On base percentage still at 290. He's got a little work to do, but this is a great start. 
Yeah. To sure. to kind of turn the corner there. Let's let's get May behind us as a team. Mm-hmm. And and that's that includes Key Brian Hayes. I think this this has to be a year that he's going to break out and become the offensive player that he's going to be. I say that in a way to say like he's you know, we made we made I made the argument. You and I both talked about this on Friday. He doesn't have to be a, a middle of the order type traditional 1980s third baseman, right? Or 1990s. Let's not get too exaggerated here. Uh, I made my points about his offense and what it quote-unquote needs to be. Yeah. But we're going to see who Key Brian Hayes is this year, I think. We should. That doesn't mean he's not going to have better years. It's not, I mean, it doesn't mean he's gonna have, not going to have down years. But for the most part, let's see what this guy is. Yeah. If he's going to be... You know, and and you can throw away May and say, what did he do from June to the end of the year? Or keep May in there and say, yeah, because he could have that that sort of a month, another time. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's he gonna be? And I think you know we we went into this year. Say I was somewhere around fourteen or fifteen home runs. You were somewhere around. Well, you were in for a big year from Key, so you were in with twenty homers. And so. You know, we'll see where he lands in that spectrum and what you're going to kind of see. I think if a guy gets you 12 to 15 home runs and hits you, you know, around 250 to 280 with his defense, I, I think you're rolling with that. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. But this was a great, great series for Key. Seven for 11 with the two homers and the fact that they were big. Yeah. The fact that they were impactful is is a big deal. Yeah, the three-run homer put us in the lead. Yeah, that we never gave back up. Right. Um, also, hey, j- just because of the back-to-back, Josh Palacios, right? Yeah. First big league homer. I'm here for it, man. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. We didn't actually get into Bednar, did we? Did I mean, the post game mentioned it. Yeah. The post game there. Um, you know, I got three kids, so I don't hear every word. Did he kind of <laughs> say, "Hey, put me in"? Because this is the first time they uh, yeah. kind of they kind of made it clear they weren't going to go three straight days. Yeah, he said he you know he poked his head in the office before the game and told Shelton basically, hey, we I want this if if it comes down to it, I'm good to go. Okay, so love it. Little little uh, self promotion there, and I love it. Like this dude. He wants it. He wants he wants Pittsburgh winning. He wants to be in the situation to get the big outs. I love it, man. This dude, <laughs> hilarious post-game interviews. Dude yeah. can't stop smiling. He just loves the game of baseball. He loves the pressure situations. Looks like he's gonna like take your firstborn when he's on the rubber, and then afterwards he can't stop smiling. Like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's uh your kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's for real too. And I, you know, mm-hmm. we have to keep kind of reminding ourselves that, I guess. We there's some guys we like to root for a lot. And sometimes those guys are are underdog type players because of how hard you kind of root for them. Mm-hmm. Um man, this guy's not an underdog. No. And if and he felt like it early on, you know what I mean? You all, it's definitely had that feel, uh, yeah. but that is not the case. Dude is for real. Yep. And what he did here, I, I would like to believe, 
uh, that Shelton, with the way that they've been they've been going about things and and um, the decisions that they've made, whether or not they're my decisions or not, they are their decisions, right? Not the not saying I agree with any of them or disagree with any of sure. them, but they've made it a point to say he's not going to throw three straight days. And the fact that he went back on that when Bednar came in is one part being like, okay, cool, that's a good like players manager type thing. He gets his he gets his players' uh, attention that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, there's something to be said about the manager also getting the respect from the players, saying, "I, I think that's our call, and we're not going to do it." Um, I'm not saying I'm not suggesting he says he does that, right? But I'm right. saying I think equally, it could be something where like I love the fire, keep the fire, keep asking me to throw. However, we'll see. Like we're gonna make this call. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I and I think that that's like to me that's like Leland. Like hey, I'm the manager here, not yeah. you. And and you get respect that way as well. So I don't know. I it's just different people respond to different things. And I'm like I said, all of this is just to set up the thing where it says. If you care about his health, and that's why he doesn't throw three straight days, and that's what they've said. Yeah. If this isn't the Cardinals, if this is uh, if this was the series against Seattle, or the series against the Giants, I would like Shelton to say, "Hey, man, we got the series, dude." Yeah, for sure. Somebody else can step up to the plate, but in, in division game, I'm okay with this. I'm okay mm-hmm. with. To me, it's it's just a matter of Bednar's going to come in your office all the time. <laughs> the dude wants the ball. <laughs> yeah. You have to be able to know when to say, not today, David. We got the series in the bag. We have a whole bullpen. And we have guys we trust. I mean, right now, I would trust Johan Ramirez right now. He's hot yeah. right now. Yeah. So, you know, if it's if it's a situation like that, I could have very well been like satisfied with Johan going back out there. I really think I would have been. Yeah. And hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, right? right? You know, he goes out there and gives up a, a, a run to tie the game or something, and then you say like, "Oh man, you should have just brought Bet." You know what I mean? But we <laughs> would have all said, "Yeah, but we already knew Bednar wasn't available." Right. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know. Super interesting to to think about. I love those kind of discussions because there's no hindsight's twenty twenty. There's no right and wrong going into it, especially in that situation. Like he's the one that's going to know his body. I'd hate to see them do that. Like they're going to give him some day. He probably won't pitch this series coming up. Yeah, if he does, it'll be like the last game. Yeah, and quite frankly, I wouldn't mind it if he doesn't even do that. Well, yeah, for more reason than one, and we'll get into that in a little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, it's to, to me that's that's the big thing. Um, is just we're, if we're if we're concerned about his health, we need to be we need to be consistent on that because mm-hmm. we know back issues are not something to mess around with. Yep, that's something that that you know we need to be careful about. And like I said, I definitely don't disagree with it. You're going up against the Cardinals. You have a chance to sweep the Cardinals. I still think the Cardinals are the best team in the Central. I still believe that somehow. And I know a lot of people are going to roll their eyes at me for saying that. But I th- we've <laughs> seen them already go on a run. It's nice that they were kind of in the middle of this thing and we said, uh-uh, not here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's nice to see us do that. 
But I, I'm not overall still. I'm not overall uh, impressed with Milwaukee in the division. Like as far as like at the top of the division, I'm just not. Um, they've scored the least amount of runs of anybody in our division. They've got the if they're not the worst run differential, they're close with the Reds uh, in the division. So I think the Cardinals are probably still. Let me pull this up here. I think they're still positive even after losing all three games because we only lost them by a couple runs. They're still a plus three. Milwaukee and Cincinnati are playing right now. They're the only two with a negative run differential. The Cubs are at an even zero right now. Uh, but yeah, Milwaukee scored the least amount of runs. Now, that problem, no, that does not, I mean, no, it doesn't depend on today's game unless they score like 25 runs. Uh, I'm just not, like, their expected win-loss, you know, the whole, uh, what do you call it, the um, Pythagorean, Pythagorean, Pythagorean theory. Thanks, man. That was really poor. That was so bad. Um, that word was not coming out of my mouth. I'm not even going to try it again because it's not coming out. Anyway, the expected win-loss based on run differential alone is 27 and 31, which is, other than Cincinnati, that's the worst, you know what I mean? So, by the way, the Pirates, the best on the plus 10. Uh, certainly not, you know... Where we'd like it to be. Where we'd like it to be. Certainly not amongst the other division leaders. Right. Um, you know, not even the American League Central, where the Twins are a plus 46 right now. Um, but there's not even a team in the AL East with a plus 10. They're all better than that. <laughs> <laughs> The last place team, Boston Red Sox, are 30 and 28. So we are one game better than them. Yeah. Uh, but their run differential is a plus 16. But anyway, um, the idea is I still think that, that St. Louis, as bad as they've been, I still think that if I was to say, if somebody was to say you have to put a bet down, I mean, I might put, I might put my bet down on St. Louis to win that division. We just put them back in last place. But they're only seven games out. I think the Pirates are probably going to hover around where they are for quite a while. They're going to go on runs. They're going to struggle. So getting a sweep here at this at this point in the season against a team like St. Louis is big because who's going to keep them from doing that? The other teams in the division. Yeah, They're the only teams that are going to keep the, the, the Cardinals from getting back to the top. So this is one of those steps. Now, yeah. if St. Louis goes and they and they play a series against one of these other teams and the, and the same sort of thing happens, that's going to start changing. Like, this is the beginning of June. It's early, but, like, you're on the fringe of not being able to say it's early. This right. is the month that you have to – the Cardinals, if they're going to do anything, they've got to start going. Seven games can be made up pretty quickly in a division that's playing as poorly as the Central. Yeah. So – yeah, I mean, you go on a run and, and you you go, let's say, ten and three over thirteen games, you could probably be back within three games. Yeah, two or three games. Well, especially place. if you if you take the, the the if you go into a series with Milwaukee during that and right. sweep them, and then win a series against another team like the Pirates or the Reds that are in front of you, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting division right now. It's a really interesting division because St. Louis should be the team at the top. 
Milwaukee could be close. I mean, they they also have a lot of things they could be doing better. Obviously, scoring runs is one of them. Yeah. Uh, but we kind of we kind of sensed that something was wrong in Milwaukee the way that they kind of went about their arbitration stuff with with Burns and you can't you can't mess with that. Right. So you got to lock him up or like you can't let that get to the actual hearing. Right. Well, it, yeah. And in general, like he's not going to resign there. No, definitely not now. So we kind of had an idea that maybe there was a little bit, you know, uh, of a, a potential for some struggle there. Where's the score of the uh, Milwaukee game? Milwaukee in the ninth right now is up 5-1 on Cincinnati. Um, I guess we're at the point where we can start looking ahead now to this week. Yeah. Um, coming into town for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is the non-athletics. I have no problem calling him that. I mean, this is as bad as it gets. Yeah. This is bad. as bad as it gets. If I go to the standings here, I'm looking for a team that's the, the closest team to them. I would think that's Washington, but no, it's Kansas City. Yeah, Washington's been playing pretty decent lately. Well, they're still 25 and 33, so yeah. I guess they're better off than St. Louis right now. But anyway... Kansas City 17 and 41. Oakland 12 and 48. And when we when we hit record on here, they were up five to one. And it's now the bottom of the eighth, tied five five. Oh my gosh. So they continue. They're 12 and 48. They're 26 and a half games back in the AL West right now in June. <laughs> like the first couple days of June. They lost three straight coming into today, and my notes say they're currently winning. That is no longer true. They are tied 5-5. They're 2-8 and eight in their previous games uh, before that, so they're either going to be still 2-8 and eight or 1-9, and nine, depending on what they did 10 games ago. Yeah. Uh, the pitching matchups, uh, let me see here, because I got... I want to get the times here because we got a 7-0-5, a 7-0-5, and a 12-35, so another 12-35 Wednesday game. We've got Oviedo, Keller, and Rowanzi going for us. Enlisted right now is Monday J.P. Sears, who's a lefty, which is important. Like I said, I like our lefty lineup. J.P. Sears is 0-3 on the season with a 437. On Tuesday, it's James Caprillion, who is 0-6 on the year with an 812 ERA. And then Wednesday for the day game is Hogan Harris, which is another lefty. Um, he's 0-0. He's only pitched in three games, so 6.97 ERA. His first outing, he came in through one inning, gave up like six runs. So it's kind of one of the things. He's pitched in three games. He has not started one of them yet. However, his last two outings, he pitched five innings each, giving up a, only one hit in the in the one outing against Houston. And then on Friday, he gives up... Uh, I, say, I, I wrote three earned runs. I think it was five hits and two earned runs against Miami on Friday. So probably a starter, but hasn't started yet, mm -hmm. considering he went back-to-back five-inning games. Made his debut this year. He's 26 years old. Um, and he plays for the Oakland Athletics, the currently known Oakland, or currently from Oakland Athletics. Um, I'm not going to get into whether what they're trying to do there. 
Yeah. Uh, they pretty much already have the one of the first seven picks locked in. I think they could just play ball from here on out if they yeah. wanted to. Um, but it's bad. Yeah, it's historically bad. What are we like? Who are we watching for? Who who's the dangerous guy on this team? There's one guy I think that's playing pretty well for them, right? And that's about it. Isn't uh so. is it Brent Rooker? No. It's oh, not Brent. Yeah, it is Brent Rooker. He's got eleven home runs. He's hitting he's he's three fifty seven on base, eight fifty one OPS. Um, he's really your guy right now that that you know that you'd be worried about. He's the he's an outfielder, Brent Rooker. He's the one that's pretty much the only one doing any damage, I think. Yeah. Man, there's just yeah, there's just not much going on. I mean, they're twelve and forty eight. There can't be much going still, on. Still, still don't want to run on Loriano <laughs> defensively. Dude's sure. Got cannon. Yeah. So Other, I'm just looking at their roster right now. And I got saw you. his name. Um. So we have um. AT&T Sportsnet for all of them. There's no no tricks up anybody's sleeves. They do have a couple national broadcast games Monday and Wednesday, but only for out of market. Um, I would assume for for most people listening here, you're in market. So, but they will be on MLB Network both of those days for for those of you who are listening who are not in in the local market. So, like you, Jake. Yeah, kind, kind of. of. Whatever you got going on there. DirecTV stream still thinks I live in Ohio, so I still get AT&T Sports. So you probably would still also be blacked out then on MLB Network. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? So you won't watch on MLB Network. Right. Um, I, it's probably just the Pirates broadcast being shown on MLB Network. I doubt it's a like a full thing, right? Right, right. So uh, I can't, I can't like reasonably say... Anything other than sweep them. <laughs> I mean, it's li- it's that it's to that point. Yeah. Obviously, take a series. You cannot lose the series. Period. Don't undo anything that you've done this weekend. You have to take the series. Right. Right. However, go, go play your game. You really get want to get yeah. You really want to get a sweep here. And if you do, you're looking at another seven win streak. Yeah. Right. Because they've got. Yeah. Is that right? That'll be eight. Yeah, that'll be eight. Because they're five in a row right now. That's right, because we lost the first game there. Okay. That'd be nice. I say yeah. roll it. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. And then that's a strong, uh, you know, that's a strong performance heading into into next weekend against the Mets. You get a day off there. You got Bednar ready to go for another weekend. And you got Monday off after that. So let's rock and roll. Yeah. And then it's a long string of games before we get another day off. I got one more hand clap to hand out. If Let's you don't do mind. it. Yeah. Albert Pujols in the booth. Yeah. That was, that was, he had some good stuff, man. Like just Bob walks sitting next to him. He says, Hey, I've covered a lot of games and it was truly an honor to sit by you for this game. Like dude's a legend. Well, here, let's, let's give it to you. Yes. All right. First, first broadcast game. Okay. I, so we, you know, we had a little crazy going on here. Um, you know, we made, we made mom and dad stop here on their way home from you mm-hmm. just because like, they were like, yeah, we're going to be home at like three, three thirty in the morning. And we're like, 
you're going through Columbus. Why don't you just go a little bit more out of your way and get a good night's sleep? So they stopped. They were here for just like 12 hours and they turned and left. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so with that, the kids going crazy cause they were excited. And then Keely had a friend over and you know, it's just kind of a thing, but yeah, it's a little bit crazy. Um, I, I don't have anything else. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the key Brian Hayes thing is still going to keep going. Cause that to me is, that's going to be critical. I, it's, it's been a, a long time coming. Yeah. As good as he's been hitting and, um, Really cool things from that front that make me uh, – I'm right back on board. I know I said what I said. I said I'm done until the results come. <laughs> but but listen to me, though. I wasn't giving up. I knew that it was there. I saw it. It's, it's, been, it's been too much to – I don't think that all that he put together at the, in April and in, in the beginning of May, it's, it couldn't have been a mistake. It couldn't have been something that is not repeatable. Right. There was just something missing. Uh, and the toe tap seems to be the thing right now. It'll be something else another time. This is the thing about baseball. Keep adjusting. Yep. Anything else you're looking for uh, coming up this week? I mean, I know we have, you know, we, we've already talked about getting the sweep and, and all that stuff, but is there, a, is there an offensive player that you're looking to kind of break out? I, I just feel like I'm going to put you on the spot here to throw in the next guy. I mean, we've seen... We've seen Castro and, and Bay kind of figure some things out. Marcano's been good. We're starting to get those guys trending up and making that battle interesting again. You had Santana um, go down with the back. He came back and made you know a couple really big games. Now, he wasn't as great in this series, but um, Key Bryan made the turn that he made. Are we looking at – is Brian Reynolds somebody that maybe has a big series here? That's the, that's the one I was going to lean on be honest with you is i want to see reynolds start driving the ball and you know put some balls out by and over the fence like start driving the ball a little more get a little bit more lift on it uh, not that he's not hitting right now he's just not hitting for power right now and he's a guy in our lineup that i want hitting for power as well yeah uh i i will i will go out on a limb here and I'm gonna start the music because I don't want to. I don't want to linger into this. This is gonna be a big one. Austin Hedges hits his first home run this week. This week. I think he's seeing barrel a little bit. I think he's okay. gonna get. I think he's okay. gonna get confident, and make a big swing. Yeah. Well, just one. It. I think he just gets I can see one. It. Yeah. Call it wild if I get that one. <laughs> Hey guys, yeah, hope you're power to do it. So. Yep. Hope we see some some three more wins. Let's get a big one, and we'll talk to you again on Friday. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks.